Shit. Shit. All right, welcome in everybody. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode 244. Brought to you by, of course, Couch Guys Sports. We're on Twitter, CGS Boston Pod, iTunes. You can rate on Spotify now, too, if you didn't know that. So go help. Go give us a shout there. It'd be much appreciated. Twitter, of course, Facebook, all that good stuff. Follow the Couch Guys Sports Network as well on Instagram, Twitter, the, the couchguysports.com, obviously, with all the written content, YouTube, Twitter. I can just keep rambling, Diego, because there's just so much <laughs> going on. Um, so there, there's a lot. Just search Couch Guys Sports and it's all going to come up. Um, last week, I was not here. Diego filled in for me with the boys. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, we're back. Lots to talk about this week, actually. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was only bummed last week. I missed um, mentally needed a day, just the way my week was going. Um, but the Super Bowl happened. It was it was it was a pretty good game, you know. Uh, I don't need to go through it again, but th- that that's what they talked about last week for the most part. So, you know, this week there's some things actually just happened like today that for once in my life it actually broke. Something happened before I recorded this show. I always have the worst luck with recording podcasts, Diego, where literally it ends up just being like the day after an episode releases. That's when stuff happens. Always, it always happens. I'm just I know it. Uh, it's stupid. It happens all the time. Um, so we have, let's see, finally equal pay for the U.S. women's national teams, soccer. And yes, Diego and I will talk about that because, again, we both like soccer mm-hmm. um, or football, depending on where you're listening. Um, <laughs> we have some American football, some Patriots news uh, that literally happened. Like Honestly, I saw this like, what, an hour ago when I texted this to you? Yeah. So, like, there, yeah. there's, it just happened. Um, and then we're going to talk Celtics because the All-Star break happened. Uh, Jason Tatum and the Celtics were there. Um, the K- did you see KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen all took a smiling picture together? I know. I know. That happened. Yep. Don't know if that's a real or not, but like that happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were faking it for the cameras, but hey, who knows? Um, let's start with the uh, the soccer topic, though, because yeah. you and I together, it's just fun talking soccer, but I feel like this was a long time coming for this, this specific topic. So for those of you who didn't see, U.S. women's national team over the last, what, five, six years, Diego, has been just pushing for equal pay to the men's national team, which they right, rightfully so. They deserve it. They're better than the men's national team, right? Like the women's national team's won World Cups. They've gone with Olympic golds. Uh, they're the ones that get all the attention when the soccer happens. Like internationally, the U.S. men's national team just struggles to even qualify for World Cups, even though, cross our fingers, Diego, they're actually looking good this time. Boys mm-hmm. are looking good for guitar. Um, so... What for what I need to know is like I, I'm shocked that this even happened, right? But I'm happy it finally happened. I wasn't sure this was ever gonna happen. National team gets equal pay rights, they settled the lawsuit, and now moving forward, on top of getting backfill pay, they are going to get equal pay as the men's national team moving forward. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Are you shocked this finally happened? Um I'm shocked in two ways. I'm shocked that number one, it has taken about six years for this to finally happen. Uh, but number two, I'm shocked that this even had to happen um, altogether. Considering number one, uh, not to get over political because I'm not one to talk politics, but I think from an American perspective, we've, you know, no matter where you apply for work or no matter where you go, literally. Any, any industry, whatever. Any, any industry, it's always the push for equality. And it's insane to know that um, that our own athletes, whether it's women, 
or men are in such an equal scale. Um, but with that said, I'm, I'm beyond thrilled that this happened. Um, you know, realistically, the women have won more World Cups than the men ever have. Um, the women Just look have- at the last like 10 years. Like the U.S. men's national team has been irrelevant. Yeah, there's been nothing like except for now, like Pulisic and these guys like um, like these guys who haven't like are starting to become relevant. They're young and they're rebuilding it. But like mm-hmm. how many years has it just been where they, they, they just suck? They missed Olympic qualifications. They missed the mm-hmm. World Cup. And these guys are getting paid double, even sometimes triple yeah. like what the girls were getting paid, who were going out and performing and were gold were like World Cup favorites whenever they went out there and played. Like, they were favorites everywhere they went and they were getting paid half. Like yeah. that that's where that's the situation we were at for the last five or six years. And and the unfortunate part is is that the way society thinks about it, it's like, oh soccer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls, girls can only do it. Like, no, it's it's outside of America, it's the biggest sport worldwide. Anywhere that you go, it's the biggest sport in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what shape or form you look at it, no, no matter how you look at it, it's it's just always been the biggest sport in the world. Um and the women have always put the U.S. on the map of, hey, you know, we're here. We're relevant. Like, we got this. All the way back to, to Mia, Mia Ham days and, like, yeah. God knows when, right? Like, it's, um, it's always fun, been the women first. Fun fact, I used to, uh, when I used to work at, um, at a bank here in Boston, um, I used to actually match the portfolio of Mia Ham's dad, um, which is super cool. It's um, a really cool thing to say. It, it it really is, yeah. Um, I've never seen so many numbers in my life altogether. Yeah, in one there's bank a, lot account, of ze- a lot a lot of zeros in one bank account. Yeah, yeah but um, yeah, I used to manage this portfolio. But either way, um, I'm super thrilled that this happened. I'm amazed at how much history the six women that basically led the movement um have made. It's more mm-hmm. of just uh, it, it's not so much of breaking news to me. Um, actually, as our podcast, the Yellow Card Podcast, tweeted out um, earlier this morning. Uh, it's 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 a mixture of two things. It's a mixture of um, you know. Let me let me find that tweet real quick. So it's a mixture of history, but it's also the importance of remembering what perseverance, whether reason, looks like, and most importantly, quality for all above else. Mm-hmm. Um, I. You know, it it's such a it's such a great moment for um, not just the women, but also for the men, um, setting the standard moving forward for the future of of the game, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it's great too because look, like I said, the U.S. women's national team, the women's national team, is the one that gets all the attention, right? For rightfully so, for the better group, right? Uh, you have all these like um, all, all these girls who and women who are phenomenal at their sport, mm-hmm. top of the sport in the country. And it's something that, you know, hasn't been able to really sink in for a lot of people. The women are better than the men. And a lot of people across this country just don't see value in that. Now mm-hmm. they really should. Just turn up my volume. Does that sound better, Diego? Sounds a little bit better. Yeah. All right. I don't know what's happening. We're just going <laughs> to. No worries. Yeah. Diego is going to learn real quick. We just deal with crap all over the puck, over the airwaves. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, that's what, that's the way this show rolls. Um, he was texting me about it. Change your audio up. I'm just going to just talk about it right now. Is it better? Is it okay? Yeah. That sounds a little bit better. Yeah. All right. We'll just deal with it. Cool. Um, yeah. No, th- this is something that 
like it got the president's attention, right? President Biden tweeted out earlier today. Um, really happy for the U.S. women's women's team and, and the perseverance that brought this. Now let's start doing it with other regions, like in other industries. This is something that everybody is priests across the country, like you said, Diego. And you know, you hope you don't really you don't really hold your breath on this, but you hope that this is a start of something moving forward that we can kind of achieve across workplace standards, mm-hmm. right? It it just cannot be a well. The U.S. women's national team did it because they win a lot. Like that's that's it. Like. Other people need to follow suit. There are so many cases across the country, and this is not a political podcast by any means, but like there are so many cases across the country that a woman get paid, gets paid half a third of what a man, man does in the same role. And it's disgusting, and I hope this is part partially in the right direction of changing everything, not just the sport of soccer. But you're right. To keep it sports-related, this is a good thing for soccer. Yeah. Right. Um, women's national team brings a lot of attention to the sport in the country. We know it's not a popular sport in this country compared to the rest of the world because we have other sports that those countries don't, right? American football, if American football didn't exist, you might have more attention on soccer. Yeah, no, exactly. It, but it's so big here. And then you have college football, which doesn't happen across, like, right? Like these clubs, Manchester United, for example, overseas, right? They draft kids super young. All of them do over there, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't play in school. There's no college athletics. There's none of that. You just draft, you're drafted from the age of like 12. And then you play in their little kit, like the lead you, you do instead of what you're doing in high school, like, like my club volleyball team, right? I coach AAU. It doesn't exist over there. You just play for those clubs and it's a feeder system. And then eventually you become a Manchester United player or wherever, right? Like that just doesn't exist here. And MLS is starting to do some stuff like that, right? Like, um, like David Beckham's got a pretty good feeder system for Miami. He started an Academy, not all MLS, not all MLS programs have one, um, David Beckham's doing it the right way, really, to yep. grow his. But um, that's what this country needs, right? They need those feeder system programs to get into the youth sports earlier if they really want soccer to become bigger because kids are going to baseball still and lacrosse and football and basketball and um, like other sports that just aren't soccer. And that's why soccer hasn't been big because everyone plays soccer at the age of three or four because that's the first sport they let you play as a kid. And then they start letting you play all the, con- the bigger contact sports and then everyone loses interest in soccer. Yeah, um, that's exactly but, it. And, that, and that's the issue, right? And this, every four years, every two years, whatever event it is, right? You look at the World Cups for each gender. The men's team hasn't been there. The women's team has. The women's team brings soccer back up in conversations. Whenever the women's team was at the World Cup, even here in Boston, Boston media talked about it for a hot second. That doesn't happen often, right? We, we know how much we all love Boston media, Diego. So like, even that gets talked about in the realm, but then you bring it back and go, okay, well then in some markets until recently, the revs suck. So you go from talking about national teams to, okay, well the revolution are terrible. I don't want to care. I can go watch the Red Sox. Right. Um, and that's where MLS's competition is. It's baseball. And so the MLS has an opportunity when these big areas do well, the issue is no players want to play here. Like the American players still want to go overseas. Look at Pulisic, one of the best players right now in the, in the game. He's going to Chelsea. He's an American but he's the face of the U S men's national team when they play. Um, and other guys like um, Turner, right. The revs just yeah. goalie out to Arsenal alone. That's their goal. They want to play overseas and that's cause that's where the better soccer is. Um, so you hope it's obviously not, it's a baby steps thing. I don't think the MLS is ever going to be what premier league, Syria, all those leagues are because it's just not as big of a global sport here as it is overseas. Because again, I think the NFL is a big part of that, right? The NFL is a 12 month sport. The NFL is, NFL is covered every second of every day. For 12 months the season just is the height of it um you get drafts come in for agency super bowl just ended now we're already t- we're going to talk about jc jackson tonight on the show on february 22nd we're going to talk about jc jackson's patriots contract 
because that <laughs> that that is what the NFL does to us. Yep. And that's what everyone else does overseas with soccer. Like that that's just the flip of it. You hope this national news is a good sign of soccer. And soccer's gained its popularity, Diego, I think, right? Like I think it's gotten better. Um, I think more more and more people are starting to watch. Mm-hmm. I think this area specifically in the Boston market, um, revs are good and they seem to not be going anywhere. Um, starting to bring in some names. They have a great manager who's they just signed an extension with Bruce Arena. So like it's getting there. They need a stadium. But I think that it's always going to be second, third, fourth fiddle for a lot of people. But um, this is a good step for soccer in general. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree with you on that. Um, other than that, I really don't have much to add yeah. on here, to be honest with you. Cool. Um, so let's, let's transition over to Mr. Mr. INT himself on February 22nd of 2022, which, by the way, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Palandrum Day, as well as happy National Tequila Day. Happy No Agreement Day whatsoever as well. And uh, happy 83rd day of the MLB uh, lockout as uh, well. So <laughs> Stupid baseball. Yeah. Like, Reds have, I mean, the MLS, let's go back to soccer for a second. MLS has prime opportunity here because mm-hmm. they start like this week. And there's nothing, there's no spring training because that's getting pushed back. Uh, opening days in serious threat. Baseball's dumb. Baseball, they're a bunch of idiots because they don't have anyone to compete against. Yes, the MLS is there, but everyone's going to watch baseball over MLS or do nothing. They're going to go to the beach all summer, right? So, like, MLS is going to have free reign. Yeah. Baseball yeah. will figure this out. Yeah. Crazy. yeah. Um, okay, so, JC Jackson. This literally happened. Uh, Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston, had a one-on-one sit-down. They just dropped it, like, literally an hour ago. Um, the headline of it was basically saying, Hey, what are your thoughts? Have they reached out to you? Have the Patriots talked to you? Um, as we all know, he can be tagged this year. Um, if he's not, but he can also obviously sign an extension. Everyone kind of seemed like the, the, the franchise tag was where we were going. Um, but after this interview and he said, and he did say in this interview that he would play this year, he would not sit out if they were tagged. So he, if he, if he does get tagged, he'll get, he'll play it, but it's a good shot. If he does get tagged, he's probably gone. He's not going to he cause he wants to get paid. But rightfully so, he should. Um, Phil Perry said, you know, what are your thoughts? Have they reached out? He said they haven't talked to him about anything. He said, I'm taking it day by day, but it's time for me to get paid. It's time for Mr. INT to get paid. That was his quote. Then he went on to say, um, I guess they feel like they don't need me. I guess I can't be, I guess I can't be that important to them. I know I am, but they're not showing me. Diego, I'm scared. They might be messing this up. Like they, already messed out, up. They, they haven't even reached out to him. It's like, already messed he, up. Like the way I look at this, Diego is he's your number one corner. You traded away Stefan Gilmore for nothing. You chose JC Jackson. Why haven't you even talked to him about an agreement yet? Like it's one thing if you don't have it in place, it's fine. It's February 22nd, right? Why have they not even brought it up? Two things. Number one, it's already messed up. It's not that they're messing it up. It's already messed up. Number two, the season literally just ended two weeks ago. And within those two weeks, you got to think about it this way. What is, what is something that's due in February for all Americans between February and March? Tax season, right? Our, tax, our taxes? Yeah, got, to, got till April, so, what, April 21st. So when you, look, when you look at that window, right, you just ended the season two weeks ago. You're looking to end all your year-end 
booking closings and all that stuff, which we know books can take forever to close. So I can only imagine what it is like in the NFL to begin with. Never mind being an accountant in the NFL. You, t- you talked about a lot of zeros on me and dad's bank account. Look at those books. It's a lot of so, zeros. So third of all, it's already messed up. For J.C. Jackson to, I mean, not to underestimate him because I know he's a fantastic quarterback. Probably, if not, a top five cornerback in the NFL. Oh, numerically. By numbers, he is. Numerically, he's easily the, a top three. There is no question in my mind. Yeah. There's Statistically, you can say there's Stephon Gilmore, Jalen Ramsey, and J.C. Jackson yep. for cornerbacks. That's literally the, the top three in my mind, right? Yeah. But it, it comes down to maturity level, and it comes down to professionalism level and how much we have developed. I understand he's a phenomenal talent. I understand what he brings to the table, and I understand what he's looking for. But Do you want him you, in a Patriots uniform? But if you're under a Patriots uniform and you have worked for Bill Belichick, you know that making these type of statements, number one, I'm not going to get you your angle, which is get the attention that you want and that mm-hmm. you so badly desire. But number two, you probably just messed up your chances of getting paid big time. And the most potential likelihood here is that Bill Belichick is now thinking of, okay, how do I get a good potential trade package here around J.C. Jackson so I don't have to worry about another drama queen here in my locker room? Which, you know, that's exactly what Belichick is probably thinking at this, at this point and moment, especially after reading this interview. Now, there is a lot of transition happening within the front office of the Pages. We just saw Josh McDaniels already be gone and done with as he's accepted the new job for uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Patricia is transitioning into a new role, basically. Um, so we're, we're going to see some changes around it. We're going to see some new evaluation of the staff altogether from the new members of, of the front office. But I I do think that J.C. Jackson kind of shot himself in the foot right here and kind of has done himself at this, at this favor. Um, with that said, the situation can be remedied depending on how it's dealt with. You know, somebody like Mac Jones could come into being a a major decision factor this year, considering that the future is basically built around him and whatever additional pieces are going to be made in the drafts for the next two to three years uh, for this organization. I think defensively, there's some room to be um, to be worked on. So therefore, nicely, it's putting it nicely. Yeah, yeah. So so therefore, cornerbacks are going to be taken as a top priority defensively so i think while it could be a slap on the wrist from belichick to jc jackson being like grow up stop doing this type of shit uh it could just be like all right let's let's work something out let's not do this again let's work something out we'll get you taken care of it could probably be a deal where he's just here for another two years and they'll ship him off I mean, um, that's the more typical Patriots way, right? You, you, it is. Yeah, you, you, you get rid of them a year too soon versus a year too late. That's what we've been preaching here. That's what Bill's exactly. always done. But but when I think about it, though, right, and, and when you go back and think about what happened with the Stephon Gilmore trade, at the end of the day, the Patriots really didn't lose much. Stephon Gilmore didn't come back to being the same as he was for the Panthers. And number two, the injury kind of extended for longer than they needed to. And that is a lot of wages to be paid for something that's of no production for you whatsoever. And that you know that the year after, you know, if the new, if the new budget isn't approved, you kind of have to work with an even slimmer budget. So in a way that the the Patriots did themselves a favor there 
Um, and did it very wisely. I, I think this was a, a very good move with little to no repercussions. Would it have helped to see Gilmore come back during the playoffs and be the guy that he once was? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that, there's no question there. But going down the line after after that injury, I, you just don't come back being the same. And, and you're never going to perform years later at the same. I, I agree with Stefan Gilmore. I, I think he... He would have helped, but I think there was enough issues on defense that wouldn't have made that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. He doesn't keep you from getting smacked around by Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not that's not the difference. Um, they need a faster linebackers. They need they need speed. They need to retool defense with some veteran presence. They they can't rely on all their past players to come back and be good. Um, but I look at like their schedule is super easy this year if they can just kind of start to rebuild that defense and give. Mac number one, right? And there's options out there, right? Patriots today are, are, are apparently tied to Juju Smith-Schuster. Jarvis Landry apparently might be out of clearly has been named out there. Al Robinson's a potential option. Um, who knows what's going on with the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and everything that happened today. So, like, Devontae Adams still potentially on the team. There's so many options out there. Like, if Bill doesn't get number one receiver for Mac, like that, he needs to lose his GM job because that's just what that's an obvious need. And there's so many freaking options, Diego. But like, when it comes to defense, who are you replacing JC Jackson with? Like, I've been saying since day one, the tag's the option, right? You tag him, you see what you see, you let him play this year under the tag, you rebuild the defense. Mac Jones, you got under control for a few years, and then if he has another big year, if you really want to pay him, pay him. And if you don't, then he goes bye-bye and you figure it out. And if you're going to draft a young cornerback to get a, to build up, whatever, then if you have a plan, that's fine. Uh, if you don't tag him, then – because if you do tag him, Diego, I don't think he wants to stay. Like if you tag him and don't give him a contract right now, he's out. Mm-hmm. But I think tagging him is the right decision. Because you let him play. You let him play for you this year. You figure out a plan behind him for the year after that and then go from there. And if you really don't have an issue, if you don't have a plan and, you, and something doesn't pan out, then you can try to pay him. Um, and clearly, Bill doesn't care about spending money anymore, right? Like, they'll, they'll have it after this year again. So it's just, I'm okay with paying him if they want to, right? Like, I think it's worth paying him. He's one of the guys I'm okay with paying. But at the same time, you also have to look at what you said, right? Mac Jones. You're going to have to pay Mac Jones. You're not going to get the luxury of the Tom Brady 20 year hometown discount because I'm doing every other promotion under the sun. I don't need your money type discount, right? Like, you're going to need to pay Mac Jones top dollar to keep him. And they're going to have to do that. They're not going to, they're not going to restart the clock on a quarterback in four years. They're not going to do it because this guy, this Mac Jones is the real deal. So, if that means you don't pay JC Jackson to make sure you pay Mac Jones in a few years, fine. Whatever. If that's your, if that's your reasoning for this, sure. But to the fa- it just rubs me that it hasn't even been mentioned. I like, mean, there's there's also the potential of this, and I'm just gonna throw this out there. Don't shoot me for thinking this, but in a way, promise, kind of promises. In a way, kind of think of it as how sneaky Bill Belichick is, and how quick people are to react to like, holy shit, that's an out of nowhere move that might actually work out. Think of the current situation that New Orleans Saints are in. No Drew Brees, no Sean Payton, no real leadership, and a potential blowout of that locker room altogether. They probably might mm-hmm. just clean house and say, let's rebuild from here. Yeah. What is to say that there wouldn't be a nice package being made to trade J.C. Jackson to the New Orleans Saints? And that brings us 
Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, if you if that if that's an option, sure. Like then that makes you feel a lot better, right? I mean, Marshawn Lattimore is a talent that can be further developed, has given us plenty of reasons to believe that. Mm-hmm. And Michael Thomas is still a very good receiver that just hasn't worked out in a good in a in a good offensive. He would have and he would have uh, played this year game. if they were good. Like yeah. he would have tried to come back. He had a setback, which probably happened, but like I think it if they were good in the hunt and like Drew Brees was playing this year, then like you gotta think he probably plays at some point. Yeah. But when yeah. James Winston goes down, they're a terrible team. Like who no Mr. No Name's your quarterback, like you gotta think that he just sat it out for the safety of himself. And they said, Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, that's another one. Michael Thomas is another name, right? And another and another name that could very well be out there in the market for a cheap contract which is what the Patriots love to thrive on is what I would consider to be a misfit in the NFL and that's Patrick Peterson from the Arizona Cardinals Mm -hmm. I think he would be a phenomenal option at a low cost contract just because between suspensions illnesses his own drama that he's been dealing with he could use a new environment a new ambiance where he has a true leader not to say that um, uh, what's his last name? Kling, uh, Cliff Kingsbury? Kingsbury, yeah, thank you. Uh, not to say that he's not a good leader, but just somebody with far more experience like Bill Belichick that can truly motivate these guys. Um, somebody like Patrick Peterson could use that leadership. Another under the name, another, another under the name on the radar here. Um, Super Bowl 49, Seahawks legend, Malcolm Butler was pulled off the retired list. He was, yeah. The Falcons, none of the Falcons. <laughs> um, the Cardinals <laughs> released him off of the reserve retired list so mm-hmm. he can play again. That, no one does that unless you're planning on playing. Um, he does own, they do own his rights, but that's another potential. Maybe you swing JC Jackson and it, with Malcolm Butler and something else attached to him, right? And the- Malcolm Butler comes back to a very familiar situation, wants to play again to prove himself, you know, here for two, three years. Um, and you put him alongside Jalen Mills and whoever, right? That's another option. So there's, there's options out there. Phil wants to recycle something and, and get the most out of that. Fine. And the last but not least option that's out there as well to think of is Bill Belichick still has one more move to make on Nick Cazero for everything that he kind of went through with Nick at the helm of things. Mm-hmm. It was not to say that Desmond King wouldn't be a, a moving piece. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Houston is such an open market right now because Casario so. wants to do what he wants. Mm-hmm. It's finally his team, right? Um, and now he's going to do the things he wants to do. So maybe he doesn't want Desmond King, right? Like that, that, that's another good option. So there's, there's plenty of guys out there if you want a 2A, 2B corner instead of a 1A, right? Like, yeah. fine. That's fine. Um, I, I, I hope they tag him. I hope he plays this year as a Patriot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, know, you go from there and try to. I, I would like JC Jackson here long term. Like he's one of the guys. Uh, yeah, I would too. I would absolutely figure it out. I would love to keep him. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are other options if you want to draft. Again, Malcolm Butler doesn't, but all these guys, uh, Patrick Peterson, all these guys, and then still draft young and hopefully you you catch something in the draft. But I think, you know, that they need a young, speedy linebacker in the draft ASAP. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really trust them to draft a receiver. So just go get one of the ones that we know are good, right? Like that's kind of where they are. I think their priority list really needs to be figure out the JC Jackson situation draft a fast linebacker, get Mac a wide receiver one like that. 
Yeah. No, I would agree. That's it. I would agree. Um, And, you know, like you said, the the J.C. Jackson situation might lump into the receiver room if you're going to trade J.C. Jackson. I don't think they're going to trade him. Like, I don't think they want to get rid of him. Um, And my guess is they'll just end up getting tagged because they always tend to use the tag. They'll use it on somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they used it on Joe Tooney that year. Was that the, the year before he left? Like, um, so, so, yeah. they, they use tags that use like they've used it on, they use it on Goskowski one year. They use tags on random people. Um, but I, th- I think they understand the importance. I think JC Jackson gets the tag. Um, but, but you're right. There's so many options out there. Um, this is going to be one of the more interesting off seasons for the Patriots. Yeah. I think with, the, with this JC Jackson stuff, the coaching staff, right? You just flipped an entire coaching staff after a very successful rookie quarterback season. You now have Joe judge as your quarterbacks coach. God help us all. Um, you now have Matt Patricia yeah. and Billy Billy Yates, but really Matt Patricia as the offensive line coach help us all. Um, Troy Brown's the wide receivers coach. Um, I think, and then Nick Cayley, who's the tight ends coach. I think people are leaning towards him calling plays because apparently everyone thinks he's the next big thing. Um, and if that's the case, fine. I just don't want Matt Patricia or Joe Judge calling plays. Mm-hmm. Anybody, give it to what? Give it to Troy Brown. Let Troy Brown call plays. I don't care. But or let Bill Bill, Bill do it. I don't care. You cannot have Matt Patricia or Joe Judge be calling plays year two for Mac Jones after he had Josh McDaniels year one. I'll say this on the defense of Joe Judge, which people tend to forget and was brought up on episode 243. Let's not forget who Joe Judge was. And let's not forget that in franchise history, we had the most lethal tight end system there ever was in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And that kind of modeled everyone else afterwards. Let's not forget that we had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski because of Joe Judge's uh, judgment to have a good draft that year. And it was an advice that he gave Bill Belichick and that brought him great well, success. Well, great. Yeah. I mean, granted, you, you granted, draft sucks. all you want. I just don't want you to call plays. Yeah, but that, that playbook was very creative. Look what he did with Daniel Jones. Look what he did with Daniel Jones. Didn't do anything. Oh, but the Giants, the Giants were a complete different story this year, though. Kenny, Kenny Galladay was never going to be the same after leaving the Troy Lions, and you knew that that trade was just never going to work out anyways to begin with. Number two, Daniel Jones, there's so much room for improvement, but it's not so much even on him. It's the organization altogether. And when you don't what, have what happens good- if Brian, What happens if Brian Dayball goes in there and Daniel Jones becomes what he's supposed to be? Then can you go look at Joe I think what I think what happens with Brian Dayball is that they now realize that their leadership has gotten so much in the way of their success there that if they don't let Brian Dable actually perform what he wants to perform in terms of playbook and in terms of decision-making, they could lose Daniel Jones. They realize that they could lose Daniel Jones. And that's why they're kind of saying, let's give it a new birth. Let's give it a new, a new, a new face. Let's see what we can do and go from there. If this year succeeds, then we know it was our fault. If this year doesn't succeed, then we know we need to do some best measures. But for a while now, the Giants have been have been lost altogether. They've been lost. Since they moved on from Coughlin, they have never been the Giants. Never. Yeah. I think Daniel Jones has potential. Like I think he's better Absolutely. than he's put into light. Absolutely. Um, I think I think what's may happen with the Giants, though, just to be honest with you, it's it's their front office. Their front office gets that in the garbage. way of every decision making. Yeah, Coughlin was Joe so good Judge, for that franchise. Joe Judge could have been extremely successful if he had gone away with the picks that he wanted to get away with. Yeah, I mean, think about if if Coughlin was running that team and Joe Judge was the coach, like you would have had success. Yeah, um, Coughlin yeah. was the reason why that team was so good. And I, and, and I think this Patriots. is, and I think this is a great move for somebody like Joe Judge 
to take a step back, go back to what he truly enjoyed. Because frankly, just last season, watching him coach, that dude was miserable. That dude was miserable. He was not having fun anymore. He was not enjoying the game. Yeah, think, think, of, think of it this way. Doug Peterson, right, who took a year off of the NFL, right, to come back as a coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hmm. If you go back to media day in Jacksonville, in Duval, the very first thing this guy said was he was no longer enjoying the game. He no longer felt like he had the creativity, nor the passion or drive to be a coach. Therefore, he needed a year for himself to remind himself of what was it that gave him that drive. Nevertheless, all the personal stuff that he was dealing with, such as his brother and and all that stuff. But the the attention to detail of what is said by these coaches needs to be so prioritized this year because there is a lot of organizations where the front office really makes all this talent so miserable. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it, it... Look Look at Miami, for example. Why would they let go of Brian Flores? That's just a front office mishap. Yeah. Steelers there's there's nothing else because none of, the, none of the players ever complain about Brian Flores. No, everyone loves Brian Flores. You were talking about free agents wanting to go up there to play for him. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson wanted to play there, right? Yep. Aaron Rodgers thought about wanting to play for Brian Flores. Like, Brian Flores is an attraction as a head coach. So, like, next year, he's going to get a head coaching gig somewhere. I guarantee you, he only didn't get one this year because of the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Like he, but like the Steelers, good on them. And Mike Tomlin hired him to their staff, and he's going to work mm-hmm. with the Steelers. Now, hopefully, that doesn't make the Steelers good. They need a quarterback still. But I like, hope not. I hope not, because that's going to be scary formula. Those two, Brian Very Flores scary. and Mike Tomlin together, Whew. with that defense that we know, like TJ Watt, Brian Flores with TJ Watt, like is going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, they just need a quarterback, whoever that may be, Jimmy G, whatever. Right? Like, there, there's options. Um, yeah, I don't not, expect the Steelers to be bad, by the way, because they're going to get. Don't a give the Steelers Jimmy G. They don't. They don't deserve that pain. I don't know. You only everyone. Everyone is way to too get. high on Jimmy G, and I don't think he's got more value to come. There's there's options out there. Uh, Ross, yeah. we got Russell Wilson talking about playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, God bless him if he tries that one. Um, <laughs> who, know, who, who knows? There's there, there's a, such a quarterback carousel still this year too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I, I Joe Judge man, he'll be a coach again in the NFL someday. But. He will be, but I think he needs. Like I said, he needs to be rekindled with that fire that he once had to I think he, he, he had want to here, be in the right? NFL. And look at Josh McDaniels, right? First time went to Denver, sucked at it, lost passion, came back. Obviously at Brady, but like he came back here and even ditched Indy to stay here coaching. So like if he loves it here, Joe Judge, he can stay here for three, four years, whatever. Maybe work his way up to D.C. I don't know. I mean, I'm praying that Gerard Mayo gets a D.C. tag at some point or like is the next head coach at this point. Um I'm happy he didn't get a job because I want to see what they give him now with more responsibility. Right? Yeah. Clearly, Matt Patricia's on the offense side of the ball. It's Belichick, Mayo, and his kid. But we all know that Steve Belichick does not want to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, let Gerard Mayo be the DC. Or let him call plays. Let him get his feet wet. Because I think if they're not dumb, he, Gerard Mayo's even come out and said it. He, wants, he, he would love to be the head coach here in New England past Belichick. Like, yeah. he wants to be head coach in this league. He loves it in New England. And if all the chips fell right, he would absolutely love to take over for Bill. Why not? Like, Dravio is not nearly ready to be a head coach yet. So why not give him two, three years of the D.C., tell him you're good, and then Bill goes out in the sunset. Hands him a a somewhat groomed Mac Jones with a rebuilt defense and says, here you go, Gerard, have fun. And then they just hire a GM because I don't think Gerard actually wants to pick the groceries. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think they have a plan. I think Dravio might be their succession plan. The fact that they let Josh McDaniels go to Vegas, 
I think drop mail might be their plan. I, I hope it is, but again, I, I'm not thinking that far yet. I think Belichick still has two more years to go under his belt. At least, honestly, at least. Yeah. Um, it might be more, depending on how they do, what they can build around Mac. But I think if, say, it is two years, I think he just wants to leave something that shows, okay, I rebuilt that for the next coach. And then the next mm-hmm. coach got handed the keys. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's doing. The free agency spend, uh, Mac Jones being drafted, all this stuff. He's rebuilding it on the fly quickly so that when he does leave in, say, two, three, four years, he can say, okay, well, I rebuilt that. Rob Mayo got my rebuild. Have fun with that. Mm-hmm. And that's part of his legacy. I think he wants another ring, though. I think Bill wants one more ring without Brady. Because Brady got his, right? Brady got one in Tampa. Yeah. I, I, th- I think Bill wants one more. Um, I would think so, too. Yeah. It, seriously. But, um, you know, it's also, we got one more. And exciting news, though, really. And it, it's constant with these guys. But our friends at Manscaped, as we all know, just launched their fourth-generation performance package, Diego. The ultimate package includes the Flawmore 4.0. You heard that, right? It's the 4.0. We know this by now. They're the leaders in male grooming, and they've done it again. To make your grooming game next level, you join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their performance package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code, of course, CouchGuy20. It's CouchGuy20, 20% off, free shipping. Um, I don't try to make up another story because I don't have one as good as Nick's and I will always use Nick's. And I think that's his legacy on this podcast is the fact that when he was 12 years old, he used scissors, scissors to manscape in the shower, out of the shower, whatever it was, he got Nick's, he cut himself. I think the first time he took it on this podcast, he talked about him having a little bit of blood. I don't know. He had issues, right? I'm telling you that man had a, that man had a crush on how luscious Justin Bieber's hair looked, which was (laughs) a combination of, I don't even know. Jane Lynch and Danny DeVito all together, whatever hair they had together. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't but know. It, but it was just weird. Just it's, weird, it's weird. He, he, he didn't want his hair to look good. Um, and so, but with the performance package 4.0, it has arrived. And man, is it worth it? Was it worth the wait? Inside the package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and the travel bag to hold all those goodies as you go out and about. First off, the new performance pack 4.0 includes the new lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is insane, guys, and I dare say it's the greatest ball trimmer ever. Yeah, I went there. Their fourth-generation trimmer features features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn that 4,000K LED spotlight on and off one needed for the more precise shave. Oh, and did I mention this is waterproof? Yeah, you thought that was good, but what take your grooming to the next game even further is the performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker to chop your worst weeds up and down top in your nose and your ear. The weed whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system, aka it can get in a circular spot, right? Ears, nose, it works wonders. And you're going to seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, their crop preserver ball deodorant, which I love for before the before you're leaving the house, and the reviver ball toner for a mid-game ball check. Trust me, guys, when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts, the Performance Package 4.0 and the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Okay, if you weren't listening to any of that, listen to this. You're going to get that 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20, COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough this past year, probably two years at this point. Treat them with the best tools for the job from Manscaped. And look, we're all getting out and about again. 
right? A bunch of COVID restrictions are being lifted. People are saying, F it, let's live our life. Great. You're going to go on a date. You're going to have some fun. Some of you have been taking COVID more seriously than others. Might be even pent up for the last two years. Great. You got to be ready to go when you get back out there. If you're swiping right, guys, you got to be ready to go. Got to be ready to go. All right, Diego, last topic of the night. Yes, sir. The Boston Celtics. In the NBA's recent power rankings, they are number six. 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 They're currently sitting sixth in the East. They're four and a half games back of first place. Um, kind of crazy from where we were three months ago, two months ago even, to now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy if they just stay out of the play-in tournament, right? Like, they're going to make a push. They're getting healthy. Um, they still have some room to sign a couple guys. They signed a couple of 10-day contracts today. Um, this team is starting to think and be the team that we hoped they were the last couple of years. Tatum and Brown have finally figured out we don't want to be broken up. We got to play. There's been so much talk this year, Diego, about those guys being split up. Um, recently, Jason Tatum, leading up to the All-Star game, was on J.J. Reddick's podcast. By the way, love J.J. Reddick. Like, loved him as a basketball player. Like, even better as a non-basketball player. Like, media mm-hmm. member. Today about Zion Williamson, like, basically threw crap all over Zion for being a terrible teammate. Just out because he played with him, right? Yeah. Um, asked Jason Tatum, right, what do you make of these, blah, blah, blah. And, and Tatum came out and just said, like, it's not always green on the other side. Like, if you want to split us up, great. But you have a top 10, 15 player in Jalen. There's no, not a lot of guys like JB. And then me, who I think I'm a good player, right? Why would you break us up? And they're putting their money where their mouth is right now. Why would you break these guys up? Mm-hmm. Why would you even consider it, Diego? I, you tweet about Celtics all the time. I do too. The energy in Celtics Twitter is more than just green teamers being green teamers and thinking the Celtics walk on rainbows. Mm-hmm. There's energy around this team, finally. Yeah. This is what we all hope they be. The youth is playing well. You have Al Horford looking like some you know, rejuvenated Al Horford. Robert Williams is looking like the other piece of the big three this team has been missing. Um, and looking like a top three, top four center in the NBA. Yep. This is what we've been waiting for. Are, are they actually a contender? Like top six power rankings, top six in the East. East is pretty wide open. Are they a legitimate contender? Let's just say in the East. We don't worry about the NBA because the NBA, the Suns are going to win the playoffs. The Suns are going to probably win the championship. If Chris Paul comes back healthy-ish. Are the Celtics enough contenders in the East we know Miami's in first, Philly's up there, um, Milwaukee's up there, the Bulls have been up there all year. Um, are they Cleveland. actual threats? Cleveland somehow uh, with nobody and Kevin Love, right? <laughs> They're up there, um, enticing for LeBron James. Um, are the Celtics a threat in the East, legitimately? I think they can be. I think if they continue with this chemistry that they have built, um, they continue to trust what Derek White can do defensively. Great. And they can. Cont- and they continue to focus their money in their right investments, um, they could potentially end in fourth place this year in the Eastern Conference, um, in the Eastern Conference ranking. It can also be a, a deep threat in the playoffs. They probably go to the second round of the playoffs and probably get eliminated there. Uh, however, I think in the offseason, there is big potentials for, for dynamic trades to be made where – you know, I, I said this last episode and, and I'll say it again. For some odd reason, we're fixated on Bradley Beal or somebody like Damian Lillier to come to Boston. I just continue to ask myself why. Besides of the big name and besides of 
what we know they can do productively when they're healthy. Why? And the reason, the reason I keep going back to that why is because more often than not, they're on the injury list than anything else. And if you're really building a team that's for the future, realizing what this pandemic has taught us all also well to spend our money wisely, it just goes against those two principles. Um, but I mean, I get it. If they need to make a move and that's the move that they'll make, I'll support it. I mean, I'm not going to be upset about Bradley Beal being the, the, yeah. third, the third piece with Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. I, I couldn't ever be upset about that. Um, neither with Damian Lillard. I just think altogether, it's too much of a risk uh, financially that, you know, we don't want to end up like the Brooklyn Nets who just had to move away um, James Harden. Well, the James Harden thing, too, was dumb because literally last year when he got traded from Houston, he said he wanted to go to Philly. Like, that's where he's wanted to be this entire time. And then they just trade him to Brooklyn. Exactly. We don't want to end up We don't want to end up being like Brooklyn Nets. We don't want to end up having to deal with the aftermath, how Miami Heat had to deal with it after LeBron basically left and they had to go through a full rebuild altogether. Uh, granted, what, the it's Lake, what, the Lakers, what the Lakers will go through in like it, a year or two. Yeah, I mean, granted, for Miami, it's worth because they believe in their coach uh, and they have let him continue to do what he does. Bolster is just a, a brilliant mind on what he does. And he knows that organization yeah. top to bottom and what they need. Mm-hmm. But it's just all together, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what else you do for a move that will bring you a third piece. I, I threw a theoretical trade in the last episode. So if you guys... Um, really want to check out what I was thinking in episode 243. Um, go to literally go to Anchor or any of those listening platforms. iTunes, you can find Spotify, us. all that good stuff. You can, you can find us there. Uh, but right now, like realistically looking at this team in the last 10 games, uh, it's the best record basically in the whole Eastern Conference. They're nine and one. Right behind them are the Raptors at eight and two. But other than that, it's the Bulls and everyone else is about six and four, five and five, maybe even four and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really not much to compete against. So I do think they are a contender. I do think they can make it to the second round of the playoffs. I just think right now, more importantly than anything else, is keeping that rhythm and chemistry alive. Not yeah, letting, I think the I think not the letting the people... media influence anything, yeah. not letting anything influence anything. Just I mean, just to said doing. it, he sees everything. They all do. At this day and age, there's no way not to see it. Yeah. Um. Because if if they don't even see it, someone sends it to them, and mm-hmm. it's at their fingertips, right? Yeah. Um. I think the one thing that people just don't talk about enough is Robert Williams. Like he's turned into that missing piece. Mm-hmm. Like he has turned into the third guy with those three, and then you still have Marcus Smart playing along him. Uh, Derek White's been a huge addition. He's already in their closing lineup. Um. And then you have pieces. So I think, you know, if and Derek White's here now long-term, he's in a couple years under contract, a little expensive, but I think it, it's fine. If you're telling me that you can build around Tatum Brown, Robert Williams, smart Derek White, and then just building pieces, veteran down the road, right? Then, then you start talking about bringing bench guys who know how to win, right? When you brought in Sam Cassell the year they won that title in 2008, when you bring in Eddie Houses of the world to come in and be no, just gotta say players, that. Yeah. like James Posey, like, you have your guys. Like, I think you have your court. I don't know if you necessarily need the splash. I, again, I would love Bradley Beal. I'm all for it. But like, don't you have to give up Robert Williams to do that? Don't you have to give up Robert Williams to give, to, to get Dame Lillard from the, the trailblazers? Yeah. I don't want to do that. 
because Rob literally Rob's the top three center and he's literally the epitome of what today's center is. Dude's stretched five can shoot a 15 foot jumper can alley with any ball in the world, block crazy amount of balls, play defense. He's turned into that anchor. I'm not, I'm not trying to compare him to Kevin Garnett here, like career wise, but that's what Kevin Garnett was, was that anchor of that defense. He talked, he mobilized, he directed the, that that's what Robert Williams does. And he's taught and he's, and he's a good player. And then you throw in like Grant Williams and he's got like their defensive identity as in is nuts. This is what Brad Stevens has wanted them to look like since he got here as a coach. And now he's building the team that he wanted Danny Ainge to build him and they didn't do it. And now an Ime thinks the same way clearly. And now they're getting the best out of their defense, which has helped Tatum Brown and those guys get open. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you can add role players, D- Derek White has spread the floor already for him. Sam Hauser has been signed and he's been, he did well in his debut. Like those types of role player shooters are going to open up the floor for Tatum and Brown to each score 30 a night very easily. And just right? looking at the, just looking at the 10 day contracts that they just added as well. Somebody like Keelan Martin has also got to spread the, the floor wide open. His forward, yep. um, his forward shooting, it's it's it not a top threat, but it's a decent enough threat where he, he hits a couple and now yeah. you gotta protect. You gotta guard yeah. him. Where you gotta guard him. Um same with same with Jazz's um um Fitz Martin. Like he's he's yep. a decent fit there. Yep. He's a he's a solid piece to come off the bench and, and help him. Uh, when you need to, you know, give a little bit of relief to somebody like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. So I've been preaching this, and you, you and I are pro this guy. Oh, so hard. Um, Isaiah Thomas deserves some sort of comeback here, and I don't know if it's with the Celtics or not. This, every time he gets a ten day contract, every time he plays in the NBA, he balls out. Yeah, he balls out. He he plays his heart out. He he looks healthy. He's fine, and yet not one team has given him that deal. I don't, I don't know, know why. why Brad hasn't done it. I don't because that's kind of what they could use. They could use an off the bench scorer with a bunch of intensity and that veteran presence. He's been here. He knows how to win here and he could smack some sense into Tatum and Brown. And I think they'll listen to him. I think it, he's shown enough here when he was here to say, Hey guys, this is what we need to do to win in this town. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to step on toes. I'm, I'm coming off the bench, but I'm just telling you, this is what you need. You need to figure it out. And I think that that type of, that is what this group needs now. They don't need more talent. I don't think they do because you got to think about these other teams, right? Cleveland's look what Cleveland's doing with not a big name guy. Their guy is Kevin Love mm-hmm. with some young pieces who are up and coming. Um, you look at the Bulls; they they have Demar Derozan, but you have Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's a top ten player in this league. JB's a top fifteen player in this league, and he keeps getting better every year. Like you don't need to find superstars; you have them. You have your pieces. You just need now to build around them the right way not trying to figure out Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving. That didn't work, whatever. Like the one, I think the one regret I have for Danny Ainge is trading away Terry Rozier. Because if you have Terry Rozier with these guys, that's a nice group. But that being said, you don't need, look at the Lakers. They're going downhill. They're all old. They're going to be crappy. LeBron's going to go back to Cleveland for a couple of years, play with his kid and then retire. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, these teams that are good, that have been good, are starting to get old. Look at Memphis now. They're what three in the third in the West, and John Morant's leading them, right? John Morant and Jason Tatum are like the same. You know what I mean? Like you have that guy. You just have to now build well around him. And I think him and JB are starting to figure out how to play well together. Robert Williams has now been healthy for the most part and showing what he can do on a consistent basis in the NBA, playing defense, alley oops, all that good stuff. You don't need a Dame Lillard. You don't need a Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. You have your three best players 
now you got to build around them the right way. And look, they're starting to do that, right? They did that. Derek White, um, Sam Hauser came in. You have Grant Williams still, Marcus Smart. You have the right complementary pieces now, and you've seen it. The ball movement, the passing. Um, Derek White opens the floor, right, for these guys. And Tatum and Brown are now more passive, too. It's looking like the best I've ever seen those two play together. And if you can keep this up, and Brad's clearly doing a great job so far. Um, this, like you said, this offseason's huge. Depending yeah. on what you do and what pieces you make and some trades you make, you're going to have to trade some guys that you might not want to trade. But you're building the team around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Robert Williams to win next year and yep. the year after and the year after that. They're young enough that these guys should be in a championship window for the next five, six, seven, eight years here. And eventually get a rank finally. They they need it. They need it badly. They should win more than one ring in a Celtics uniform. Like gen, just genuinely, that's how I feel. Like those guys are good enough and they're still like Tatum's only what, 23? So like maybe less 24. than that. He's like 21. Is he 22? Is he 22? Just, I think he just turned 21 or 22. Not too long okay. ago. So super young, right? Mm-hmm. And you, and people want to throw this crap in my face all the time. LeBron didn't win till what, 26, 27? Yeah, exactly. And he has, right? So, you know what I mean? Like MJ didn't win till he was older. These guys have plenty of time. If you just build teams around them, they have that experience. They've, bought, they've been the three Eastern Conference finals in four years. They've done all that stuff, right? They went toe-to-toe with LeBron James in seven games that one year without any help because Kyrie was hurt too. Like, these guys know how to win in this league, but now you just got to build a team around them versus building a team around Kyrie, Gordon, et cetera. Yep. Right now they're the focal points. We figured that out. You, you build around them. You let them play defense. And we're seeing the fruits of that labor. Yeah, actually, um, Tatum is actually turning 24 on March 3rd. And JB's 25. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So look, this team is a contender, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to win the championship this year. No, of course not. But the East is so wide open. You could go to the Eastern Conference Finals. That wouldn't shock me, mm-hmm. especially the way they're playing if they keep this pace up. It wouldn't shock me if they get to the 3-4 seed and then host a couple rounds and maybe lose in the Eastern Conference Finals to a Chicago or Miami, right? And I'd be okay with that. Right? If you get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year with this group, yes, that's where they've been. I know that. But like you've had a couple blip years, right? And then the bubble was a mess. Yeah. If you can get to the Eastern Conference Finals with this group, and then add to it. You're now contenders and your window's wide open for the next five, six years. Yep. And Brad has earned every penny, if that's the case. Yeah. No, that's true. So. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, man. I'm excited. They play. First game back out of the break is the Nets in Brooklyn, though, so Kyrie won't be playing. Um, I don't Thank know. Durant, and Durant's not, still not back, right? Is he still hurt? I believe he's still hurt, yeah. Yep. And, and so yeah. Ben Simmons won't be playing yet. So you should win that game. So whatever, it's fine. You smoked the Sixers before the break, right? Mm-hmm. So look, they're they're in a good spot, um, and, and we'll see how it goes. And and that game, I'll be intrigued to see how that game against Brooklyn goes because they came, they were so bad against that that last game against the Pistons before the break, so bad, so bad. All right, Diego, do you have anything else? I do not, sir. I do not. All right, that was a big episode. There was a lot to unpack <clears throat> there. Yes, sir. Of course, Couch Guy Sports Podcast. 244. So we decided this is episode 244. Yeah, 244. Uh, wow. Of course, follow us. I've been on almost every one. It's kind of nuts. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, couchguysports.com for all the written content. Uh, the Twitch content's great. It's pretty much every day at this point. YouTube channel. Um, we're on there. A bunch of other podcasts. Yellow Card Podcast is on there. Um, Premier League is in full swing. The MLS is coming back. Uh, Champions League is, is starting back up again after their break. So 
Diego's got a lot to talk about on the Yellow Card podcast, so go, talk, go listen <laughs> to the Yellow Card podcast if you haven't gotten the drip. Um, it's a great show. No, they, these guys, honestly, I will give him one plug real quick. Diego and the boys have, and Chris Jones now, right, have been so good with that podcast. There's been nothing in the Boston area for, for soccer coverage because it just sucks. No one cares. What you guys have done is nuts. You guys have taken over the area, and thank it's crazy. You. So thank you, thank go you, listen to them you. if you haven't already. You're missing out. Diego's Sweet Pipes. While I listen to Premier League soccer, while I watch Premier League soccer, is just a beautiful combination. Um, <laughs> yeah, and of course, go rate, review, subscribe to us here. Uh, Into the Triangle podcast is coming back in the next couple of weeks. I've been talking to the boys. Uh, it's time to bitch about the MLB over yes. the podcast. So um, we'll, be, we'll be bringing that back as well. But yeah, don't forget, good friends at Manscaped, Couch Guy 20, uh, CGSN for your, your percentage, 10% off for the uh, Shocked Energy. Yes, sir. Um, as well, friends of the network there. So check them out, Diego. Great show. We'll be uh, we'll be back next week. Maybe with a guest. Maybe not. We'll see. We'll and see. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks all. Yes, sir. Oh wait. Shit.